Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking how to get over a breakup. Yes, we did a show recently on how to break up with someone. So clearly this is very distinct, but still within that realm. This is something that I could probably report on once a week and uh, people would still have an attachment to it and learn something from it because uh, that's kind of how the world works. Remember, when I tell people about relationality, I always say, listen, it's often hurting someone or getting hurt until you find someone you're a match with. Now, what I mean when I say breaking up with someone is, you know, or dating is about hurting and being hurt. I don't mean that in terms of intentional. I mean that in that we are often disappointed. There's someone who's going to be disappointed in the dating relational process as we explore whether or not we are compatible with someone. So before I get into the how do I get over breakup, which is very important. And for those that are thinking, oh, I'm long term married. That's not part of my story or I'm happily single and solo. Not part of my story. This is applicable to a lot of things outside of that, because this is also going to be about how do I deal with maybe distance or separation or a friend breakup or a breakup with a family member, in addition to maybe the loss of a job. This is really about grief and loss. How do we mourn in a, in a more productive, healthier way for ourselves? So maybe that's what tonight's show is. How do we mourn the loss of things through with the entry point of uh, relationships being, you know, how we kind of lay that groundwork. But I always want to remind everyone, and I talk about this all the time as well in my practice too, that, you know, there's a difference between dating and, and, and committed relationship and dating is that explorative process to see if we are compatible with someone to then possibly decide to have a true committed, securely attached relationship with them. Dating is that explorative process. Dating is like shopping. It is not a commitment to purchase something. Dating is like trying the clothing on in the dressing room. Again, not a commitment to purchase something. Dating is like taking a car for a test drive. Again, not a commitment to purchase the car. There is a responsibility though in the dating process. You still are responsible for how you're showing up, how you're treating the other person, how you impact them. That is always the wider rubric. Anytime we are interacting with someone, we do wanna consider them as being in our care. Remember, we've talked about how much of an open system we all are, how we are constantly impacted by others. Every experience we have with someone makes us feel better about ourselves, other people, relationships, the future, and also, 
We did a whole show on the fact that our self-worth and self-esteem is actually relational worth and relational esteem. It is reflected back to us. It's an accumulation of what's reflected back to us by those around us. So if you want to check out past shows where we've talked about all these things, you can go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down there for Loveline and click on it, and you'll see the show on relational esteem versus self-esteem, the show on chemistry versus compatibility, the show on you know healthy first dates, all the different components that kind of coalesce and create a little bit of tonight's show. But again, just to cover those finer points, dating is the explorative process. Date multiple people to see after you've had experiences with them, whether or not any of those people are a match for you. And then one of one or both of you request a more committed relationship. But until then, it's an explorative process. That's why I tell my clients, when in doubt, go find out. A first date is not a commitment to a second date. A fifth date is not a commitment to a sixth date. It's an explorative process. Always trying to figure out the chemistry is there, the fire, the spice, the hunger, the desire, awesome. But what about the compatibility? What do we like physically? What do we like socially? What do we like emotionally? Are our lifestyles comparable? Do they fit in? And also remember, there's also the trifecta. The best way to assess whether or not you should have a relationship with someone and how healthy it is or will be is how do you deal with conflict? Not whether or not it happens, not how often it happens. How do you manage it? There's always going to be conflict. And then of course, also, what are you both like, especially then when a boundary is set? Is it honored? Is it valued? Is it respected? Those are elements that you need time and experience around to really be able to answer those questions. In the beginning, it is cute. It is fun. It is lighthearted. That is not a good assessment as to what it'll be like to be in a relationship with this person. We want to know what is it like during, during difficult times? Can we count on them? We want to know what they're like when they're disappointed and frustrated. Are they kind and loving and focus on repair or do they attack and name call and put down? Though these are all the different pieces. Trust. Trust is built over time. Trust is built over time having repeated experiences where you are shown that this person always looks out for you, that this person considers the impact everything has on you and the relationship they have with you. All of that is something we need to have a lot of different experiences with. So we don't just jump in with someone. We don't just turn dating into an immediate relationship. And as always, don't assume monogamy until that's discussed. Assume that this person is dating multiple people as they're in a healthy, mature way getting to know each individual and what they want. That is not a sign that they're not serious. In fact, it's the opposite. That is them saying, I'm taking time to really see who we are as a unit and whether or not that's something I'd want over the longer haul. It's all very important. And then if and when you get there, you decide to be in a relationship. And then that brings us to tonight's topics, which, which is <clears throat> if we realize this isn't what's right for us, if we realize this isn't what we're interested in, if something's shifted or changed, how do we get over being broken up with? Because when you're in the decision, when you're in the seat of making the decision to end something, you're in a better position. You are well aware of the downsides. You are interested in exiting. The other person maybe not so much so. So that's what we're really talking about. What does that person do to mourn the loss of something they wanted? That's why this topic's applicable well outside of a relational you know, specificity or dynamic. So we're going to go back and talk about that. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline. Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right so we're back talking about how to get over a breakup now if you're the person making the decision to end something you're in a better position you're aware of what's not working or not what's not right, what's not good. You're also the one making the decision as to where this is gonna go. If you're the person being broken up with, you potentially might be dealing with a grief and loss situation, which is what a lot of us have to deal with in different domains of our lives. So this is applicable well beyond relationships. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that I wish people would change in their thinking is how we approach uh, success and failure in terms of all kinds of relationships, whatever they are. Now, the idea that friendship, family member, romantic partner, whatever it is, that we're always gonna grow in the same direction at the same time in the same ways, thereby always being aligned and compatible isn't realistic. Sometimes people grow in different directions. Sometimes our needs change. Sometimes someone changes and it doesn't really work or fit into our life anymore. That doesn't mean something was a failure. I've said this before, you can't think in terms of success or failure. That is a capitalistic term. That's a term for things that don't apply to relationships. We don't want to apply business, uh, materialist or capitalist values or economic system thinking to humans and their relationships. And that's what we tend to do. So the success of a relationship is not about the length of time it exists, but we tend to see things that way. 
um, we put our, uh, uh, we put worth in things that have more sustainability, but not everything is meant to or can. And that doesn't mean it was a failure. In fact, success is leaving things when they're no longer right for you. Success is leaving something when it no longer works for you. Success is leaving something when it no longer makes you happy. Yes, of course, do the work, see what's possible, use it as an opportunity to learn and grow. That's the caveat, of course. But again, winners leave things when they're not right for them. Winners leave things when they're no longer working for them. Winners leave things when they realize something isn't good or healthy for them. It is okay to walk out of a movie because you're not enjoying it and you want to spend the rest of that time doing something else. We talked about on the show a long time ago, I talked about sunk cost fallacy, the idea that I've already put a little bit of time into it, might as well finish it off. No, that's horrible. Leave when it's not fun. Leave when it's not working. Leave when it's not what you want. Leave the movie. Leave the party. Spend the rest of that time and energy in doing something better and more meaningful. Don't waste more time or energy because you already put some into it. Don't waste more money because you've already invested something into it. It is healthy to exit things when we realize they're not right for us, including relationships and marriages. That is often a good sign because, again, the success is not about the length of time. It's how good of a partner were you. So I'm willing to say this, your relationship, your friendship, or your marriage was a failure if you weren't a good partner, if you didn't do your work, you've let yourself end them down. I'd rather you think it in those terms, but a lot of romantic relationships should end. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. It should end if we realize we don't have comparable temperaments. Our nervous systems aren't comparable. Our trauma, our maladaptive coping mechanisms. Maybe you've put the work in and realize I've lost attraction. I've lost interest. There's too much deep-rooted resentment or contempt. I don't know. That's not what we're really talking about tonight, the whys. We're just talking about the fact that it happens and that's okay. We have to get away from the idea that a relationship ending is a failure. We also have to get rid of the idea that because someone's been in multiple marriages, there's something wrong with them. All I hear when someone says I've had multiple marriages or multiple divorces, yes, I've been in many relationships. A lot of us have, and sometimes they end. That is, should not be a stigma. It sh but I hear people stigmatize. Oh, he's already been married twice or three times. Great. So he's been in multiple relationships. A lot of us have. But we add that word marriage and divorce and we somehow really crank up that stigma and that's no good. So sometimes ending is good. We should maybe see the health in someone leaving a marriage or a friendship that isn't healthy or working for them. That That is not bad. So if nothing else, just take that from tonight's show. Length of time does not determine the value or success of anything. Some things run their course in a shorter period of time. Sometimes it was just for the summer. Sometimes it was just for COVID times. Sometimes it was just for whatever. There's nothing wrong with outgrowing something. We all have to buy into that first. If you haven't bought into that, you're not going to do well in relationships because you're going to hang on for dear life because you've already put some time into it because you don't want to be seen as a failure. That is not mental health. That is not something you should be proud of. Riding something to the death because... You don't want to be seen as healthy because you for leaving when it wasn't good for you. Don't be that person. Uh, and don't even think about doing that for children. Children need to be around mentally healthy adults. Please don't think if you're having a horrible, toxic marriage that you are somehow not bringing the children into that. You are. They are around miserable, detached adults. That is not healthy for them. Again, children don't need two parents. Children need loving caregivers. It can be two women, five women, two men, one woman, one man. It doesn't matter. It could be an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor. Children need caregivers. Children need a secure attachment, someone who's there for them, someone who meets mirrors back who they are. That's what they need. And they're better off in a separation with two separate parents than they are with two together that are miserable. That that 
impacts their brain development. That impacts their comfort and security around emotions and relationships. That impacts their nervous system. That is not a healthy environment. Your mood, your temperament, when you're around your child matters. Your quality of life and happiness matters and impacts them. Be aware of that and focus on that. So again, we're leaving things when they're not working for us. We're leaving things when they're no longer good for us, whatever it happens to be. And that's the first point of how to get over a breakup is understanding that it doesn't inherently mean there's something wrong with you. We're going to get a little deeper into that, but that's the headline. The problem is often how we interact with those, with our thinking and our feelings in these difficult times. Um, and know that like, you know, we'll talk more about this, but know that a breakup is truly that it's a shift in your identity. It's no longer an us. Now it's a solo. Um, we talked about that a little bit. We talked about cheating and divorce as well. Uh, there's also a shift in your social circle. Probably there might be a shift in your financial position. You might have to change geography. You might have to move. Uh, there's so much your thoughts and comfort for the future. Um, all of that is reoriented and reorganized. That's massive. Um, so again, we want to, we want to take this process very seriously and, um, do it, in a, do it in a really uh, a far healthier, loving, more loving way. All right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this, and then we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're just talking about how to get through a breakup. Really, we're talking about grief and loss and mourning. Um, ambiguous loss, which is when there's a loss, but yet the person is still there. Talk about all that. So this is applicable to a lot of different things. And before the break, we were talking a lot about how don't determine success or failure based on the length of time that something exists, because when something's not working for you, it's actually healthy to exit and say, you know what? That wasn't what I want. That wasn't right. We outgrew that. And that's not a bad thing. Um, so how do we work through this? Well, like I said, we change our thinking about it. Then drum roll, we have to change our relationship to it. Meaning you don't want to keep reinforcing their presence in your life psychologically, emotionally, literally, symbolically. Often we focus only on the physical. Oh, well, we're no longer seeing each other. So the relationship is on its way towards the ending, right? Like we're working our way out. Not if you're emotionally and psychologically keeping this person very present. Um, that's what's interesting about our brains and memories. We can spend time with anyone at any time by thinking about them and we're going to have associated feelings at that time. And that's where time isn't linear in memory and associations. We are bouncing forward and backward all the time. That's the beauty. When someone is no longer in our life that we want to still have a relationship with, uh, we lose a loved one. We can spend time with them by thinking about them, by smelling things that remind us of them, by listening to songs that remind us of them, by talking to them. We can symbolically spend time with them, but we can also use that process against ourselves by spending time with someone who we need to get more comfortable and familiar losing. So if you're in a romantic relationship with someone and they end it, you want to get familiar and let them go. We're not trying to hold on. We're not trying to spend more time with. You need to, you need to not reinforce those little brain synapse, synaptic connections. What, you, you know, what we wire to get, what fires together, wires together. We want to start undoing those associations neurologically. We want to start to step into our identity as a single solo person. We want to stop ruminating, right? So basically, the first thing is don't start creeping. Some people do that. They're checking their social media. They're asking questions. They're going to places where they might see them. You have to fully let go. 
So I want you to not go on their social media. I want you to spend some time maybe not going where you're going to see them. This is for people that have a painful breakup. If it was done lovingly and you're still able to be friends, then maybe you're happy to see them, you can wave. Maybe you're happy to follow them on the IG and you're double tapping. But if you're someone where it wasn't what you wanted and you're struggling, you need to let it drift. You need time away from it. So don't see them, don't go on their social media, don't ask questions, don't keep talking about them. Those are way, those are ways to symbolically keep spending time with them, thereby not getting over it. And that can also play out in grief and loss around a loved one passing. Um, where you realize I also maybe need to take some time and space because me continually spending time with them symbolically by sitting in their bedroom or looking at objects of theirs or whatever it might be, isn't letting me heal in ways I need to and also get back to other important parts of my life. It can be a, it can be a way sometimes to prolong the grief. People do it more so with romantic stuff though. Um, I hear them constantly talking about it creeping on the new people that they might be dating, creeping on their friends' pages, all of that is not gonna help you get over it. So don't do the creeping, fully let go, which means you have to leave the relationship socially, emotionally, psychologically, uh, technologically. Um, and that's a hard one. That's a really hard one because a lot of people just don't wanna have to feel that loneliness. They don't want to feel that separation. They don't want to fully step in and embody that this is actually over. You're fighting a natural healthy process. And that's what we don't want to do. That's when, you know, grief, loss, bereavement can get complicated when we don't let the natural necessary process just occur. And we're fighting back and we're holding on. You got to let go. That's, that's the takeaway. Let go. And you have to be willing to feel that pain. It's something something sad happened there is an actual loss and you do have to step back into your life without that person and step back into your life as a new person and that's very 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 hard who am i going to be now who am i without that person um and well again we'll talk a little bit more because there's some other things we can do to really lean into that newness with more excitement and curiosity versus grief and loss because that's what some of it is sublimating some of that emotion into a positive motivating excuse me positive motivating force um but the first part of it is how you frame it and the messaging you're placing upon it. And then also how are you possibly still holding on and interacting with it? Sometimes the, the, the best solution when you're really feeling a lot of pain is the sense of letting go, which can also be another word for that is acceptance. doesn't mean you're okay with it. doesn't mean it's what you wanted. Um, but you're acknowledging that this is what's happening and I'm not going to keep battling it. Acceptance and letting go is about, I'm not going to battle it. It's kind of like what you do on a roller coaster. You know what I mean? You buckle in for, you buckle up for safety and you're just like, all right, this is going to be a wild ride and I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to kind of let go and I'm going to just go on this ride and it's going to stop at some point. All emotions at some point stop if we just let them go through their natural necessary process. All right, we're going to do some DMs and then we'll come back, pick this up, talk more. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. Don't go anywhere. All right, y'all. We are back and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, is it possible to be desensitized? With all the shootings, politicians arguing, constant news stories and notifications on my phone, it all just makes me so tired. 
I don't even really want to watch TV anymore. And I feel like I'm in a constant fog or haze of depression. Yes, you can have actual trauma from things you're witnessing and hearing about. You can have vicarious trauma from hearing about the stories and traumas of others and constant bombardment with all of the tragedies that are happening in the world with the shootings and everything else that's going on. Of course, that can definitely lead to the depression, some of the anxiety, um, desensitization. I don't really know what you mean when you say that, because it really sounds like you're not desensitized. It sounds like you're actually quite sensitized and that you're becoming hypersensitive to all the things you're hearing. So just my daily or weekly or monthly reminder that uh, it's, it's necessary at times to turn all that off, to shut down those conversations, to not follow those news accounts, turn off your notifications so that you're not interrupted at the wrong times and so that you have control over how and when all these things kind of enter your world in your mind and your psyche uh, but there's a lot going on so we definitely need a little bit of time away while also working on trying to really be a part of the solution but uh, a lot more of that to come you know we got another one it says hey dr. Chris I met this girl when I was on a vacation she's a three-hour plane ride away from me but we really hit it off I mean we spent the whole weekend together we instantly clicked and that never happens to either of us does long distance really work do you have any tips or tricks oh yes it can and what I say that's most important is you need face-to-face -face time together, so use FaceTime. It's gonna be your best friend. Do not try to stay close and connected or continue to maintain intimacy by just texting or even phone calls. Do FaceTime. So make that a norm. Also, it's really important to know when you're gonna see each other again. So uh, always have that on the books so you know that it's happening, so that you know it's coming. Keeps you excited, keeps you feeling safe. So say, hey, when can we meet up again? Put on the calendar. And as soon as you meet up and hang out, when you're winding that, that trip together down, say, when is this possible to do again? Make sure it's always on the books. Stay consistent. And also talk about whatever expectations you might have so that nothing is done or occurs or pops up in each of your individual lives that maybe destabilizes or throws either of you off. So talk about that. You know, what kind of expectations can I have on you? Are we going to be dating other people? Or are we going to really try to focus on each other? But it's mainly the consistency and knowing when you're going to see each other the FaceTiming, and also keep the romance alive. Send each other cute pictures and photos and songs. Maybe send each other care packages. There's very low-cost ways to send cute, adorable things. Uh, but yes, long distance can work in theory. The only caveat or warning I'll say is that when you then spend time with each other, it's often more like spending a vacation together where you really prioritize time together, you do some cute stuff, but it really does delay finding out what it's like to be together during uh, traditional weeks work weeks and all the things that kind of come up with that, how your friend groups maybe blend. And it might even be hard to really see if you're socially compatible or not, because again, you're gonna be doing it a little vacation style. They'll be visiting you, you'll be visiting them. And so your lives aren't necessarily really seen as they truly are. And that can kind of delay being able to assess some of that. But that's also for the more complex people. Some people are so simple and so basic that what you see is what you get. It's no deeper than that. Um, but I've been in a long distance relationship and that was actually what was the most difficult part is when we saw each other, it was like a vacation. And then when we finally lived together in the same city, we got to see what it was like during the week, what traditional weekends would be like. And we realized we really like to do things quite differently. And that kind of got in the way and created some conflict. So that's nothing, there's nothing you can really do about that. You can't even really kind of talk that out. You kind of have to wait and see. So that's the downside. But that's also kind of the case with people that even live in the same cities. And if you rarely meet someone as special as them, you do the work that it takes. We're not promised that the person we enjoy is gonna live locally. And don't take it for granted. So I'm glad you're willing to put in the time and effort. It's worth it. It's truly worth it. So do what you need to do to try to make that work. But um, you know, 
you know, keep the romance alive. Try to find ways to still maybe be sexual and romantic, which again, so many ways to do that. Thank you, technology. Um, there you go. All right, so if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into. We'd love to hear from you. Past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. It's good stuff. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it, binge, post, we listen, and share. Check out some of the other shows while you're over there because it's all about that repetition. I repeat stuff, same stories apparently, a lot of the same metaphors apparently. Some of the questions all sound the same. God bless it. But stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We're back and we're talking about how to get over a breakup. We were talking on an earlier show about how to break up with someone. Now we're in the other seat. What do you do when you get when you get broken up with? And again, it's really a show about grief and loss. It's really a show about how to let go. It's a show about acceptance and moving on. And so a lot of this applies well outside of you know, a relationship ending. But we were talking at first about the fact that we can't keep framing things as success or failures. Not everything's meant to go on forever, but 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 we often determine the success of something, especially relationships and marriages, based on their length of time. But that's not fair, because sometimes it's a healthy sign to exit something that is no longer right or working for you. That's a good thing. Leave things that are not right for you. Um, and then we talked about the fact that we have to step into this new sense of solitude. We have to step into our new identity, uh, socially, individually. We have to step into our new financial situation, uh, maybe geographic change, whatever it is, at some point we have to step into that. And part of that is accepting this new situation, saying, I'm not gonna battle it. This is happening whether I like it or not. And, and gripping and holding on isn't gonna help. So I'm gonna let go and lean in. And that means not talking and ruminating about this person, not bringing it up all the time with your friends. It means not creeping on their social media, not checking their friends' pages, trying to figure out who they're dating now. Sometimes taking time from actually seeing them out in the world, saying, you know what, it's gonna bring up all the associative feelings and I don't wanna keep bringing that into my day. So I'm gonna go to a different coffee shop for a while or a different gym or whatever it is. Sometimes things end in a different way where you're like, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. But for those that see their ex or certain things and it triggers a lot of difficult feelings, you might wanna break from that and say, look, those feelings are kind of there anyway. I don't need it to be thrown in my face more so. So I'll you know, revisit that cafe, coffee shop or whatever it is down the road. Do whatever you gotta do to take care of yourself. Because again, we don't wanna be spending time with them symbolically and psychologically and thinking that somehow because we're not physically with them that all's well. So so you, you might want some space. Uh, the other thing you have to think about, and this is again where it's really more about grief and loss, is that you have to stay open and have a willingness to feel the pain. You There's no way to jump over that process. There's no way to side skirt it. There's no way to bypass it. People try. You know, I'll go on medication, I'll meditate, I'll, I'll take a trip. You know what? The pain's going with you and the pain will be there when you're done. You have to go through it. There's a, um, a maxim in psychology, which is you have to let emotions run their natural course. And when we try to jump over it, you know, sidestep it, that's when things get complicated and prolonged. And what you need to do is just go all in. Look, something wounding happened. Something bad happened. Acknowledge that. Feel that. Treat emotional wounds with the same respect you treat physical wounds. It bums me out that we'll get all the love, care, and respect if something happened to, let's say, your leg, you fell and broke your leg, and everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. But a lot of times we're not afforded that or offered that or given that compassion around emotional or psychological wounds. They're the same. That pain is, is, is no less. And the ending of some relationships are very painful. And going back to this time piece, 
don't make it about the time. Some people do that. Well, how long were you together? Oh, a year or two? Okay, well, no, 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 no. The time, the length of time that they were in this relationship is not necessarily connected to the amount of pain. You can have been with someone for a few months and have more pain than someone's with someone else for a few years. Maybe having been with them for years, you've already, you had silently separated already. Maybe having been with them for years, you had really developed enough of a case as to why they're not right for you or how horrible of a person they are. And so it's far easier to leave. I don't know. But the, the weight or severity of the impact of the breakup is not tied to the length of time you're together. There is no magic formula. It doesn't work that way. Psychology doesn't follow rules. And if you're in pain, you're in pain. And if someone you never care about's in pain, take care of them, period. And a broken heart is no different than a broken leg. It has an experience on the body and the psyche. And so we need to, we, we need to demand and advocate for the same care and respect. So maybe you need to cancel plans for that weekend. Hey friends, just like I might have to cancel because I broke my leg or I was in pain from a toothache, I'm my heart hurts, I'm very sad. Or maybe you need to take time off from work. I'm dealing with an injury and you don't have to specify whether it's emotional or physical. I have an injury. I'm not going to be able to make it in this week. I have to stay home and take care of myself. Look, I write notes for that kind of stuff all the time for people to give employers and all sorts of other things, teachers, um, because psychology matters. Mental health will always matter to me before I worry about physical health. Mental health impacts that. But nonetheless, mental health matters. We're allowed to prioritize it. Um, so you're going to have to ask for what you need. You need to at first buy into that idea before other people will. So I want you to advocate for yourself that it is an injury is an injury is an injury. And just because it's not visible doesn't mean it doesn't count. We talk about that with ability versus disability where some people's disabilities are invisible. You can't see it as I'm standing there or walking, but that doesn't mean I don't have chronic pain or chronic fatigue or something else going on. Mental health is the same way. You can't see it. That doesn't mean I don't have deep, deep depression, trauma, PTSD, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't see it. Health is not visible. I always say that about larger bodied and people that are fat. That doesn't mean they're unhealthy. Health is not an aesthetic visible thing. We can't always see it. So you have to advocate for that, but you have to buy into that first. And then you can uh, do so with other people. All right, we're gonna come back. We're gonna keep talking about how to get over a breakup. We've talked about how to break up with someone. Now we're kind of sitting in the opposite seat. The not not as much fun seat, but uh, equally as important. So stick around, y'all. We'll be talking more about that. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about uh, how to get over a breakup. We've talked about how to break up with someone. We've talked about all sorts of relational stuff. This is the unfortunate position. This is the one that most people don't want to be sitting in. Not that people love breaking up with others. That's why we did a whole show on it. You can check that one out over at wearechannelq.com because um, people aren't great at it. But uh, getting broken up with is equally as hard. So we're talking about reframing our thinking. Uh, the success is not about the length of time. We aren't creeping. We are letting ourselves take a psychological and emotional break from them. We're leaning into the emotions. We are feeling the pain. There is no way around it. The only way, the only way is through. We're going all in. And we're advocating for ourselves. We're saying, look, emotional, psychological wounds deserve the same respect as physical wounds. So my broken heart gets the same respect as someone's broken leg. And we're going to ask for that. We're going to honor that. We're going to demand that. Um, others might not see it that way. They don't have to. Mental health matters. Got my support. Then we got to pay attention to some self-care because we got to take care of ourselves because this is a rough time. Our resilience is down. Our self-esteem is probably down. 
oh yeah, we're not feeling great. And of course, at the same time, life is still happening. Life isn't like, you know what? Let me give you a break. You're going through a breakup. You got broken up with. Nope. Life is like, nope, we're going to have issues in other domains at the same time. Welcome to uh, taking it head on, you know? So we have to focus on what, what, what nourishes us, what truly heals us. We want to pay attention to what we're eating. We want to eat things that make us happy, ground us. We want to make sure we're getting enough sleep. Oh yes. Sleep is the foundational thing for everything during any difficult, stressful time focus on getting enough sleep. We need that energy. Our nervous system, our immune system, we need that We need that sleep. Movement, please go get movement. Exercise and movement, dancing, hula hooping, roller skating, jumping up and down, swimming, the gym, I don't care what you do, do something. It's a good way to get that excess energy out. It's a good way to also distract ourselves. It's a good way to also still take care of ourselves because when we don't feel like we have a lot of worth and value because someone has left us or rejected us or broken up with us, we don't think we're worth taking care of. And it's a very radical, powerful act of self-worth and mental health to say, I still have worth and value, even though that person doesn't think I'm right for them as a partner, I still matter. And I'm going to show that to myself by taking care of myself. I'm worth getting sleep. I'm worth feeding. I'm worth moving my body. I'm still worth taking care of. And that's a really difficult position to take because our worth is reflected back to us. And it's really easy for us to think we don't have worth and value because someone left us romantically. That is when we have to spend time also with community. You have to amp up your socialization with friends that reflect back your worth and value. Friends that will let you not ruminate because you don't want to be around friends. I'm going to let you go on and on and on about the ex because that's not healthy. Remember, we're psychologically and emotionally letting ourselves move on, but you still need time to process and maybe talk about some of the pain. You know, I'm really sad today and your friends like, I hear you. Tell me more. You know, we need that. But again, cranking up that socialization, we need to be around people that reflect back. We have worth and value. Um, and again, remember, self-care isn't about doing things that deplete you. Self-care is about doing things that leave you feeling better off or neutral. And that's why be very thoughtful. You shouldn't be drinking. Don't hit, don't hit the alcohol. Alcohol amplifies the negative feelings. It doesn't make it better or easier. Don't do things that deplete you. Don't eat foods that leave you feeling worse. Don't do activities that leave you feeling worse. Don't spend time around exes or hookups that make you feel bad. We are focusing on doing only things that make us feel good. Having sex with people that make us feel good, spending time with people that make us feel good, eating things that make us feel good, activities that make us feel good. We don't need to be feeling any worse or any more depleted or bad. So this is when you have to really start taking care of yourself. You have to remind yourself that you have worth and value and you're worth putting that extra time and energy into. It's critical because you're looking out at the world and you're, you know, you're not feeling that necessarily. And that's why the people you're around and what you're doing matters so much. I zero in on that with people in this exact moment. I'm like, what are you doing? Who are you with? Also, a part of this is how are you talking to yourself? Be very thoughtful about the way you're talking to yourself. Be very thoughtful about the story you've decided to make up about this breakup. Because what a lot of people do is they globalize it. They use this to make a decision as to what the future will hold. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know what's ahead of you. You cannot predict the future. You cannot decide what's next or what's possible as a result of this relationship ending. You have to pay attention to your thinking. What story am I telling myself about why this ended? What story am I telling myself about myself as to, as to what's next, as to what's possible? Because you're going to tend to have a negativity bias. You're probably going to catastrophize. You're going to make a decision about the future. Don't do any of those things. Say to yourself, I don't know what's ahead. 
I don't know what's coming. This is only about me and that person. This is no, this does not speak to how others feel about me or could feel about me. Don't project into the future. Don't catastrophize. Again, if nothing else, track your thinking and the story you're making up about yourself and why the relationship ended. That is most likely not rooted in reality. And right now, more than ever, we need a lot of reality testing. We need to remind ourselves that we're still worthwhile, that we still have a future and there's more to come, and that this person doesn't determine our worth. This person not having an interest in us romantically doesn't determine our worth. They might be correct that we weren't compatible. It's okay that maybe feelings changed. That doesn't have to be a commentary on me and my worth and what's possible. That self-talk is so vital. And this is one of those times where we tend to start talking poorly about ourselves. And how we talk about ourselves is very much tied to our mental health and how we feel about ourselves. As is, again, the people we're around. So be very thoughtful about the people you're spending time around. Some people go back to toxic exes. Some people crank up the drinking and the drug use. Some people start doing some risk taking. None of that is self-care and none of that's what you should be doing. Do things and be around people only that make us feel good or at least neutral. Go easy with yourself. Be kind with yourself. You have a wound. <laughs> that's when we need to be sleeping more and being more kind. I have another important point that I think is very valuable is we, at some point when we're feeling better, we want to start to learn from it. What can I look back and learn about myself, about who I am as a relational being, about how I want to be different? These are big learning moments. When you're sad and in the beginning of it all, that's not the time to necessarily do this inventory, but at some point you have to. Otherwise, you're missing out on a very transformative and informative experience that has just occurred. Let that be one of the gifts of a relationship ending. Going to come back, talk more about that, y'all. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back, and we're just finishing up our discussion of how to get over a breakup. We've talked about how to break up its own, talked about a lot of different relational skills. This is how do I get over it? And I was just kind of saying, remember self-care. Self-care means taking care of ourselves. Why? Well, we're a little depleted. Also, we need to be anchored and grounded. Also, we need a firm foundation to weather what's coming, but it also reminds us that we are of worth. Taking care of ourselves is a sign that we're worth being taken care of. And when you feel left or rejected or bad or down on yourself, that is when you have to be your own champion and advocate. So that's when you have to say, you know what, I am worth taking care of. So I'm not going to hit the drugs and the drinking because that's actually the opposite of self-care. That's depleting. That will make me feel worse. I'm not going to go back to a toxic ex because I'm lonely. Instead, I'm going to treat myself well, which is a sign I'm worth it. I'm then also going to spend time around healthy people that make me feel cared for and will help me process my emotions and reflect back my worth and my value. And I'm going to hold hope because I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. This situation, this person, the ending of this relationship doesn't determine who I am, my worth, what's possible, or what's to come. You have to know that. You have to buy into that. The length of time something exists doesn't determine its success or failure. The kind of partner I was determines that. We're going to learn about ourselves from that. But we're not creeping. We're letting this end. We're letting ourselves move on. We're not holding on. We're letting go. We're not creeping and following and tracking. But when we feel like we're through a lot of the difficult emotions, we said to ourselves, all right, prior relationships can show me some patterns and habits. Prior relationships can show me what I want to do again and what I don't want to do again. I can learn about myself. So looking back shows us how we can be different or better next time. What parts of myself, when I think back to who I was as a partner, am I not proud of? And I want to know that it's 
impossible for me to do that and I want to make sure to not do it again. And what am I proud of that I want to celebrate and honor and make sure I do again? That is a vital part of leaving any relationship of any kind. Learning about who we are relationally. I don't care what your ex did or said. You still learn about what's possible. They can't make you do anything. They do things and we decide how to react and how you reacted while with them shows you. Maybe you stayed too long and you learned that you got to leave sooner. Maybe you didn't set enough boundaries. Maybe you weren't kind and loving and soft. I don't know what the maybes are, but you're going to look back and learn about yourself and commit to being different next time. That's the one thing that is beneficial to relationship ending is that learning, which by the way, if you're currently in a relationship, you can also do that exercise. What am I proud of doing and what am I not? And can I knock it off and grow and improve and mature? We can all be doing that at any stage. It doesn't just take an ending, but it is a mandatory part of an ending is that at some point we do that. Same thing, just leaving, leaving a job. What can I learn about myself as an employee? What do I want different in an employer? What did I allow that I won't? What am I gonna look for different? What am I gonna ask for? Who am I gonna be? It helps. Also an important thing to remember is don't bash your ex. Don't let your friends bash your ex. Why? Well, first off, Endless conversations about how crappy they were only keeps you trapped and feeling bad. Also, leave your hurt feelings off social media. It makes you look ridiculous. It makes you look like someone who's dysregulated and can't handle disappointment. And it's a warning and a red flag to future people that that's what you're going to wind up doing about them. You'll be talking about them as well. Because if you're doing that with this ex, you're going to do it maybe with the next one. And people are like, uh-oh, this person doesn't handle breakups well. Handle your breakup and deal with it with integrity. You are never let off the hook from your integrity because someone did something bad. I don't care. I don't care what they did or said. It doesn't matter. You still are, you are still being held accountable to your integrity. Leave it with your head high. Don't drop to their level. You dropping to their level isn't okay because of what they did. You still are held accountable and seen that way. And that won't heal you. It just markets you as someone who doesn't deal with hurt feelings well. I promise you. You might think it's going to feel good in the moment, but if you have any integrity, you'll feel bad afterwards. And I want you to be better than that. And your friends should demand better than that. You're a crappy friend if you tell someone, oh, it's fine to do this, it's fine to do that, it's fine to put them on blast, it's fine to key their car, it's fine to reach out to their new partner, whatever it is. No, we're growing up, we're not acting like that anymore. So be a better friend, expect better from your friends, and expect better from yourself. Because when you're in these moments, what you do, what you do is your big moment. Step into that. Um, also don't shy away from moving back into dating and sex, not with that person necessarily, but the length of time between the breakup and a future relationship doesn't determine its health or sustainability. It's the people in it themselves. So there is no magic formula for how long you should wait before you start dating again. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're able to tolerate the possible letdown because you know, you might have a lot more letdown ahead of you. So make sure you're ready and anchored for that. But, um, there's no specific length of time that readiness you have to kind of check in on. We'll do a whole show on that. I used to talk a lot about dating readiness. Um, we won't get into that now, but again, that length of time isn't as meaningful as the people themselves. So there's no magical length of time. Um, and for a lot of people, it's very healing and good for their self-esteem to jump right back into dating at some point soon because they're reminded that they're dateable. They're reminded that they're desirable. They're reminded that options exist, but sometimes it's also the opposite. And that's why some people wait. They're like, look, I'm a little too emotionally beat up. I'm not ready to see how bad the options are or how hard of a process this is. Let me take a break and let me focus on things that give me mastery and self-esteem. And that's awesome too. Maybe that's your route. Let me just do things that I know will feel good and make me feel you know, like I'm moving forward and focus on that. Um, and then you know, if they're healthy enough to hold space for the fact that maybe you can be friends down the line. You know, it doesn't have to be always over forever just because we couldn't pull it off romantically or sexually, you know? 
All right, y'all, we're going to come back and do some DMs. So uh, stick around for that. Got a question for us? Put in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, so we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. As one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm a 33-year-old, newly single lesbian woman. All right. I always wanted kids, and until recently, thought my partner did. About a month ago, she told me she no longer wants to have kids. That effectively ended our relationship. My point, though, with that is we got to listen to people when they tell us who they are. Having said that, people's minds change. So if someone says, yeah, I'm down for kids, that doesn't mean that's always the case. Just like if someone says, I don't want kids, that doesn't mean that's always the case. I've worked with a wealth of people who say they don't, but once they're in a longer term, more secure relationship, they're like, yeah, maybe sounds like a good idea. Or maybe once they've grown up and aged a bit. So saying they want them isn't always a final answer. No one can give a final answer. Anything someone tells you today is not something they can promise they will agree with a month from now, a year from now, or 10 years from now. We change and grow. And we are allowed to. We are allowed to renegotiate any commitment we made at any point if it's no longer in our best interest for our mental health. And it's okay for someone to say, I no longer want kids. At this point in my life, it doesn't make sense. It did then. Or our relationship is different now. That's the risk. Yes, you never know if you're going to be with someone, if you're going to grow in the same way, in an aligned capacity. You never know if the goals are going to change. Sometimes people are like, look, I no longer want to live in a city. When I met you, it made sense to be in New York. Now I want to live in the suburbs or vice versa. It happens all the time. That's part of a relationship. So that happens, but I, I, I bet it was a real surprise for you. And I'm sorry it ended the relationship because maybe this person a few years from now would change their mind yet again. Anyway, here we are, it ended. You said, now I'm going to go on this journey of parenthood on my own, which is something terrifying. But I know I'm ready 
and I don't want to wait any longer. I applaud you. Sometimes we have to buy that house on our own. Sometimes we have to make that move on our own. Sometimes we start a family on our own because we don't actually need someone else. It's maybe easier, better, more financially sound and stable, but we can be a single parent. We can also live on our own in a new city and we can also be a single homeowner or raise a child with your best friend, raise a child with a family member, buy a home with a best friend. You know, we don't need to do things the standard hetero or homocentric or homonormative or heteronormative way. There's no right way to do this. So props to you. Be a single mom and be the best single mom. Children don't need a mom and a dad. Children don't need two parents. They need caregivers that love them. Five, 10, 15, or one. It doesn't matter their gender or their age. They need people that love them. Um, back to your question. You said, I have a lot of support from my family. That's great because you're going to need it and want it. You said, but I'm having trouble finding resources for women who are choosing to be a single mother rather than who found themselves in my situation. How do I deal with people who seem to not be okay with this? Certain family members, coworkers, potential future partners. How do you deal with them? Well, I would say a couple of things. First off, you let them know why you're doing it and why it's important to you. Because anyone that cares about you should find value in goals that you have, truly. If we love someone, so maybe this is a message to listeners. If someone you care about is doing something that isn't going to harm them, we're not talking about undealt with mental health or drug and alcohol issues. Um, and they're saying, listen, I want to go back to school. I want to get divorced. I want to have a child. I want to buy a home. I want to relocate. If it's something that's important to them, support that. Your thoughts and opinions actually don't matter. You know, no one's opinions about what you're doing matters. And maybe you need to present it that way. Sometimes we have to frame it in a way that lets people know what we're looking for. Hey, I want to share a big decision with you. And sadly, or unfortunately, I get a lot of negative pushback. So I'm coming to you not because I want to know your opinion, but I'm coming to you to share with you this big decision I made and I'm asking for your support because I need support. Tell people what you're wanting. Tell people what you need. I think we have to do that in all areas of our lives. Hey, I have an issue and I'm not really looking for a solution, but could you maybe hear me out? I just need someone to listen. And then you're saying to them, I don't want solutions. Don't fix it. I just need to share this with someone. I see people do that even on social media. Hey guys, I want to share a difficult thing I'm going through. Please, no advice. I just need to share and process and get support. And then hopefully no one starts giving advice, which makes you sometimes feel not heard. So tell people what you need. I need people to be supportive. This has been hard for others. Can you support me in this? And you lean in and move closer to those that are willing to show up and do that. Those are the healthy ones because those are the people you're going to need around you. So ask for what you need from the front end. Frame it. Healthy people will do that for you. All right, y'all. That is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back, drop deeper into Loveline DMs. Past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. All good stuff over there. Otherwise, y'all, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. Drop the bar. We're only doing 70%, so we're not living in burnout. Have a great rest of your night, everybody, and I'll see you soon. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 